Welcome to another episode of Breakfast Theology. My name is Josiah Kane. And I'm Chuck Jones. Today we're at uh, good old faithful IHOP, and I had the two by two by two breakfast, two eggs, two pieces of bacon, and two pancakes. Yes, he did. And I had a spicy poblano omelet. I think really you, good. You've gone to that one a couple of times. Yeah, that's it? the second time. But this time my plan was take some home to Carol. Mm. That's nice of you. That's She'll take a bite and say, oh, that's too spicy, and then I'll get to finish it. <laughs> um, I just want to remind everyone that if you have any uh, questions or comments or would like to interact with us in the podcast, uh, you can email us at breakfasttheology at gmail.com. And uh, we'll get to any comments or questions on a future episode. So I encourage you guys uh, just to shoot us an email. Uh, and if you're listening on iTunes, uh, leave a comment on the, on the iTunes page. Uh, that way we can uh, pop up more in people's uh, suggestions when they search for, for podcasts. That's right. So the views and opinions expressed on this program are not held by IHOP, its employees, <laughs> or subsidiaries. Yeah. yeah, I think IHOP has no affiliation with this. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, even to that extent, it's really just our opinions, you know? That's right. Just what Chuck and Josiah think, which may or may not mean anything to you. <laughs> That's right. But if you're here listening, it must at least mean a little bit of something. So this morning we are going to be talking about mercy and kindness with an emphasis on mercy. So this, uh, just to be clear, when I come to a breakfast theology discussion, Chuck, I'm not an expert on everything in nope. the Bible. You know, so sometimes uh, I work through my own thoughts out loud with you and mm -hmm. as we're kind of going through your topic and uh, kind of bounce things off you and see what you think and we kind of explore topics together. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm certainly no expert. Mercy and kindness. What do you... What do you where are we starting with that? Well, it's... Uh Mercy and kindness, I would guess, are close cousins. Yep. And that is, uh, mercy is one of those things that we ought to express to other people often. And I'm thinking, them, thinking that because uh, mercy is one of those qualities, I think we've touched on this before, that God shows us by how we've shown it to other people, as in forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Forgive us as we forgive our debtors. So we, how much mercy do you want? And God's going to answer that question by looking at how much mercy you've shown other people. And mercy is always always goes from above to below so if you think you're better than somebody that's the person you should show mercy to or you're more powerful than someone else 
Mercy is a an interesting word just just looking at it because it's I feel like a lot of people think they know what mercy means you know um, you're like yeah I, I know what mercy means but like what is really mercy is like one of the things I was thinking about when we were when we were thinking about this topic I was just like wait what exactly is mercy actually and so like I have a, a Webster's dictionary definition here for okay. what it means in English compassion or forgiveness shown towards shown shown let me start over compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm so as you're talking about someone who you're over or someone's over you that's the position that you have to be in an order it seems to properly show mercy yeah so like a judge who has the ability and authority to punish you for something you've done but then chooses not to that person has shown mercy yeah mercy may be one of those things that you can't really uh, define but that you know it when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, when I hear the word mercy, I always think of like a movie where like someone's like begging on their knees, please show me mercy or like some yeah. very dramatized scene. And the Greek word doesn't help us much understand it any yeah. better because it just says like pity or compassion, you know. I mean, compassion is a word that we, I think we all have felt compassion towards mm. someone. So I think that helps us at least understand what it feels like to show mercy is to look at someone with a feeling of wanting to help them, you know? Yeah. And that's like the first, or one of the requirements for having mercy is wanting to help someone. Because if, right. if you want to harm them, then you're not going to show them mercy. Well, yeah, it's like uh, mercy... Mercy has to do with suffering or pain. And so you look at someone, do you want to alleviate that suffering or do you want to increase that suffering? Does that person, in my mind, deserve, this sounds really bad, but in my mind, (laughs) does that person deserve to have their suffering lessened or increased? Well, it's interesting when we talk about it. that way in light of scripture because what we deserve and what we get are two different things and by that we see the heart of God so let me kind of expand that idea we deserve death like we we have plenty of verses that say like Romans 3.23 the wages of sin is death you know for everybody but me (laughs) For everybody but Jesus, because he didn't sin. If you're Jesus, you're excluded from this category. But if you're a human, you're in this category of deserving nothing but death for your sin. So God, in this sense, is, to use a a courtroom kind of scenario, he's this judge, a, a perfectly righteous judge, who is has all knowledge and capable of making good decisions. So if he were to punish us for our sin... He would be right in doing that. But he doesn't want to hurt us. 
I, I see that in scripture in verses like 1 Timothy 2.4, where he says he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so he wants us to be able to live and to thrive and to flourish and to love him. And so that's where the compassion aspect comes in. He sees what we deserve, which is death, over here, but he loves us so much, he has compassion on us, and therefore he shows us mercy Yes. by sending his son. And I was thinking of the, oh, the blind or the leper. Mm-hmm. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, was Jesus in a position to have the ability to show mercy? You know? I mean, you have to be in that position or request is it's no not good. A, yeah, so it would be like a, <clears throat> the, the criminal running to the courthouse for his trial and then he just passes some random guy on the street like, hey, show mercy to me for my crime. That guy's in no position to do anything yeah. about it. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, sure, he could say, doesn't bother me any, but that's <laughs> that's not mercy. Yeah, I'm all for it. So, uh, I don't know who it was that asked Jesus. If you're willing, I know you can. And Jesus said, I am willing. Be made whole. So, Matthew 8, 1 says, When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. Suddenly a leper uh, came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, and he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, Jesus has the authority to show mercy because he's been given been given that authority by God. Well, he's been uh, selected as a judge, the righteous judge, mm-hmm. and God has shown that to be the case by raising him from the dead. Yeah. He's been, he has had all authority and power put into his hands. As, as we've said multiple times, it's the whole Joseph and Egypt thing. Yep. He rules over the entire kingdom of Egypt except for God, except for Pharaoh. Yep. And so he has the right and power and authority to enact anything in the world that God does. And he will do what God wants. Yep. He's not going to make up his own mind. Yeah. Nothing he does would be contrary to the will of God. Right. That's how much in favor of God's will Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Are we? <laughs> no, that's why we need mercy. <laughs> yeah, that's why we are in the position of receiving the mercy instead of giving it. So, why don't we uh, just read some verses Okay. about mercy and see, kind of get a, some of the scripture in our minds. So James 2.13 says, For judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has been who has not been merciful. So it, interesting that you're... It's very important. Yeah. 
So judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. As you were saying, that idea of what you do is given back to you. That's right. You know the parable of the of the uh, servant that was forgiven his debt of whatever, how, whatever. A lifetime's worth of money, right? Yeah, and wouldn't forgive one of his fellow servants a measly amount. Yeah. And then the it doesn't turn out well for him. No, <laughs> because of what James expresses there. And then the last little bit of that verse, 2.13, says, Mercy triumphs over judgment. Hold on to that thought. Mercy triumphs over judgment. The only thing you can hope for when you're facing judgment is they'll show mercy on you. Because there's no other argument. Like you've said, it's what we deserve. That's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. The only other alternative is mercy. So you get what you get, or you get mercy. <laughs> you get what you get, or yeah. And it's because of the one who is giving the mercy that it's, it's, uh, it even has any power, any authority. Like, only... Kind of like the idea of only, only the person who is offended has the right to give forgiveness. You know, like if I hurt Amber's feelings, you I'll can't. On, you. Yeah, you can't on her behalf say I forgive you. And so, kind well, of. No, she might hurt my feelings. <laughs> so, but if I hurt your feelings, then you do have the right to forgive me. And so our sin, our offense of sin is not offending angels, it's not offending our fellow men, although it might hurt it them. It could. Yeah. But the ultimate offense is to God. Well, David, David said it, the prodigal son said it, I have sinned against heaven and against you. First and foremost, I mean, sure, I might want to be the primary guy when it comes to getting my, you know, my day in court, I might want to be that guy. But the thing is, primarily it's God. Whose law did you break? Yep. God's law was in place oh, a few years before I was born. I would say at least a few. <laughs> so, you know, we have to realize yeah, somebody sinned against me, but you know how bad it gets is, I don't have any power. I have nothing. I might be able to say something bad about them. I might be able to make their life a little harder, a little, but that's nothing compared to what God's able. And usually the authority that we have to uh, punish people is at the arm of the law. So it's not re- really even our power at the end That's of the day. Right. It's an institution, institutional power. So like you can garnish someone's wages if they steal from you or don't repay you or something, you know. Yeah. There's some measures that you can take to affect them, but 
usually in history it's been killing them. <laughs> that the revenge yep. aspect is yep. our judgment. People have been people show mercy though. Yes. But not like God shows mercy. Free, willingly, complete, without remorse. It's weird that I think what drives God to be so merciful is his extent of love for us. So it's really hard to not want to show someone you love mercy. It's really easy to show a stranger that you don't love or have no connection with. So like a, a random guy hits your car, you know, you're less likely to show them mercy if, than if it was a church member in the parking lot who deemed your car, you know? Or Oh, uh, what are you bringing up? Well, nothing specifically. I'm just trying to... Yeah, you're right. So like if Amber hit my car on the way out of the house, backing up out of the garage, like, it, of course I would forgive her. Like, it's not going to... But if, if someone hits the, my car in the parking lot here, I'm going to expect them to pay for it, you know? Yep. Yep. There's a... I was thinking back to God showing us mercy. He is all-powerful. Mm-hmm. And you and I really don't understand what that is. We can imagine, but we don't understand it. And if somebody does something against God seriously, we might have pity on that person because we know we have an understanding of how bad it's going to be for them. And so pity is there. Well, pity... You know, we are pitiful. <laughs> and that God takes that seriously. And he has pity on us. And he knows, I would think, that <clears throat> you're in a pit and you ain't getting out of it unless you get some help. And I'm willing to help you. Mm-hmm. What kind of help do you need? Sometimes slap, we don't even know. A kick? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we re- we can uh, be so hard-hearted that we refuse mercy too. Well, yeah. We can. David said that my in one of the Psalms, my heart has refused comfort. I'm rather feeling. At home in this emotion hmm. of pity and self-pity and woe is me. Hmm. Let's take a. Let's see if there's some other Bible verses here. Mercy. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not the French version, is it? No. <laughs> But I thought about that the other day. You know, thank you. Isn't that mercy? Mercy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) think about you have to say thank you to someone who has 
done something for you. Mm -hmm. Whether you expected it, paid for it, earned it, you say thank you. You didn't have to do that nice thing for me. Yeah. Gratitude is important. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of the, as you were talking about, that parable of the guy who's forgiven a lot and then doesn't forgive his fellow man little. He, he's not very grateful, it seems, of what he's been forgiven. Yeah. It doesn't pass on that forgiveness. And in light of our own sin, we're in the same way, which is the idea of the parable anyway, that we have been forgiven this enormous... Terribly large. ...debt that we can never have paid by ourselves. And then we turn around and we slap someone on the wrist for doing something to us. And we're not willing to forgive them or have any compassion. We got to be able to turn around. The thief on the cross, the two thieves crucified with Jesus. The unrepentant thief said something along the line of, if you really are who you say you are, why don't you save yourself and us too? And the other thief's response to that, <clears throat> I thought of it often. He says to him, don't you fear God? Don't you understand mm -hmm. the seriousness, the gravity of the situation? We're getting what he got, or he's getting what we deserved. If he's getting what we deserved, what's going to be the end of what we're going to get? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you fear God? Hmm. There's an interesting verse about that has both kindness and mercy in it. Titus 3, 4 through 6. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done. Say that again. He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. God saw me and he said, oh, I got to save that guy. <laughs> and it goes on to talk about how he saved us through the washing, rebirth, renew of the Holy Spirit, uh -huh. poured out through his Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I think that <clears throat> forgiveness can be thrown into that basket, too. Yeah, being merciful requires some act of forgiveness. Sometimes, yeah. You can't really hold someone accountable for something they've done and show them mercy at the same time. Because no. holding them accountable would be punishing them or being just. Exacting them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so mercy is hand in hand with forgiveness and kindness. I mean, it's kind of the accumulation of them all. As you have said, kindness, kind of prerequisites, I guess, to the act, final action of mercy would be kindness and forgiveness yeah. and compassion. And I guess so mercy is kind of this conglomerate 
of different things that ends up being what we call mercy. Well, you know, kindness isn't something that you can just look over, overlook, skip, disregard, because isn't it considered to be a fruit of the Spirit? Yes, it is. It's a... Uh, mercy is sometimes... I mean, kindness, excuse me. Kindness is sometimes a God-given ability in a certain situations to be able to show kindness to someone you're absolutely repulsed by or who has hurt you tremendously and you're able to show kindness to them. It's uh, sometimes you're not able to show mercy or kindness or, or be forgiving unless God helps you do it. That's right. It's, uh, as you Because it does, it does, can give you a, a feeling of loss. I'm losing something. If I give mercy here, if I show kindness here, I'm giving something up. You're giving up what you are due or what I think your I deserve. justice. Yeah. Which is a weird thing. To feel like you want to have I mean I guess people want to be want to receive justice you know I can see where that comes through so let's kind of read I want to read some of these other verses okay Hebrews 4:16 is pretty interesting let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Yeah. So it seems like uh, this act of this uh, mercy is something that we, we might receive more than once in our life. <laughs> not a not a one time thing. Maybe. Because I feel a like of I, times a day. Yeah, I feel like I'm in need uh, almost continually. <laughs> but what's great about this is. Um, we're able to come, it seems, straight to the throne of God. This boldly. Boldly. And there's no, I don't know, like, just like try to think about a situation with, like, if you're familiar with any history in a kingdom where there's a king and his servants. Can you imagine some peasant who, you know, didn't have bread for that day, just walking straight into the palace and walking straight up to the throne of the king saying, hey, I need some help today. Like, that would not have happened. Probably not, no. The access to the king is very, very strict in worldly situations. And it seems probably was more restrictive to God under the old covenant. Kind of like, as we've talked about in previous episodes, how... He was shrouded in the temple and the yeah. Holy of Holies, and the access was harder. Dark, thick clouds. And when Jesus came, he tore that, the curtain, top to bottom, and has allowed us access, unprecedented access to the King, to God. And now we can just walk right up to his throne. Father. Call him Father. Yeah. What... 
I know that not everybody has had great father situations, but imagine a quintessential earthly father who is willing to help you in any situation. You know, like, your parents are supposed to love you and take care of you. And imagine a good father going to them and asking them for help. They're going to help you. Except that they don't have all power and all knowledge and all the resources available to them. So imagine going to your Heavenly Father and asking for help, who can do anything and wants to help you all the way, all the time. It's just kind of like he sees us, he has compassion on us, he, he has a certain amount of pity, which is a humbling thing to think that yep. we're in a position to have pity and compassion on us. <laughs> we're lost and stupid. <laughs> <coughs> and make mistakes. Dad knows it, and he says, "Oh, you poor, dear idiot." Hmm. But he's willing to help us. Yep. And willing to show mercy. James five eleven kind of just reiterates this. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance, and I've seen what the Lord's finally what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So, just think about the story of Job. So he's this, he's this guy who uh, the adversary, Satan, um, is allowed to kind of unleash on, but not kill him. And everything in his life is destroyed. His, his crops, his prosperity, his children, he loses everything. And so he's like at this ultimate point of despair and near the end of the book, he's questioning God and wagging his finger at God and is kind of upset about it. And then God says, hold on. <laughs> hold on for a second. And then he kind of gives him this huge monologue about just to show him how, how small he is. Like, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Like, who brings, a, who pulls the sun up every morning? You know, kind of like, these great things that God does. And then at the, eventually at the end of the book, Job is restored, but to a greater extent than he ever had before. And it kind of just, that's what James is talking about here, is you see Job, who is not deserving of all of this, getting everything that he had and more because of God's compassion and mercy. And... James says that God is full of it. Just like this coffee cup is full of coffee. Like, there's nothing else in here. You know, I guess yeah. there's a, maybe a quarter inch at the top that's filled with air. But God is full of compassion and mercy. That is what he is. Of course, he is other things as well. Not yeah. just compassion and mercy. But So I, I, kind, I kind of just want to end on this thought. Okay. As I was reading through a lot of these verses in the New Testament about mercy, there seems to be a lot of them that are tied to this idea of salvation. So this mercy and salvation idea go hand in hand. So 1 Peter 1.3, and his great mercy has given us a new birth, you know, living hope about this life. The Titus 3 passage, he has saved us because of his mercy. 
kind of like in First Timothy one sixteen, he's shown us mercy. I, the worst of sinners, uh, Jesus has displayed his immense, immense patience for us, and has, and through him we've received eternal life. And the list kind of goes on. There's a lot of them here. Yeah. But this idea of our salvation, our eternal life, has been given to us not because of anything that we've done, not because of our righteousness or our good works, but because of God's compassion and mercy. And he did that through his son, Jesus. How much he had such great mercy on us that he was willing to give his son in order to bring that about. The forgiveness of our sins, as we've kind of talked about, God was in this, is in the, has the unique position to forgive us because he's the one who's been offended. He's the lawgiver, yeah. And he's given that power to forgive over to his son as well. But just kind of like seeing the big, big scheme of things is we are here because he created us. We rebelled against him. Our sin as a human race and as individuals is deserving of death. But God doesn't want that for us. And so he's found another way out of it. He's found a way out of it through his mercy. He's given us life when we deserve death. Right. That's right. And I think that's supposed to influence our Christian life by, I don't know, being maybe a little more compassionate, a little more merciful towards people who wrong us. Yeah. Exactly try to live that out what did God have to forgive you for or me Paul says because God and Christ has forgiven you forgive one another look where you're standing I don't think that we are as good at showing mercy as God is uh, yeah (laughs) well you know what I was thinking we're, there's a lot of things God's good at that we ain't. <laughs> You're right about that. Any other thoughts of, about mercy before we close out? No, I think we should have mercy on the people listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And say goodbye. <laughs> All right, well, you heard it straight out of Chuck's mouth. I uh, really appreciate you guys listening uh, to this episode of Breakfast Theology, and hopefully you'll catch us next week. Yes. Until then. Goodbye. Goodbye.